Hi, and welcome to Driving Test Tales. I am Terry from the future, just dropping in before the show to give you a quick note that I did have to take some time away from the show. And while I was off, I had to think about the format and which way I wanted to take Driving Test Tales. And I've just restructured it a little bit. So whereas I started off doing it in seasons, it is now just going to be an ongoing series of episodes. It'll be more fluid, won't necessarily be every fortnight. I'm aiming to get at least one episode out a month. But that's why over the first six or seven episodes, you may see a slight discrepancy about me talking on the show, saying season two, when actually... There's no seeds now, it's just an ongoing thing. So thank you for choosing to listen, thank you for listening to this, and I hope you enjoy all the episodes going forward. Driving Test Tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test. So welcome to another splendid edition of Driving Test Tales. Always grateful that you guys join us for this. Make sure that you're clicking subscribe or follow or like wherever you're listening. And if you're feeling extra extra generous, leave us a nice little five-star review. But today I've got an extra special episode for you and indeed for me because I'm joined by someone who didn't even take their driving test in the UK. They took it in uh, the wonderful land that is America. I'm joined by the amazing Jess Soto. How are you today, Jess? I'm good, Terry. How about yourself? Uh, I am uh, splendid, always splendid when I'm recording the podcast, especially splendid when I'm recording them with you. Perfect. Love it. Always a good time. And you're the first crossover from uh, my podcast, actually. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mentioned at the start there that you you took yours in America. Whereabouts in America did you take your driving test? I took my test in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And yeah. the first thing I want to ask you about initially is the, the driving yeah. test itself. Because to yeah. my knowledge, it is I, I don't know much about it, but I understand it's quite a bit yeah. different. So could you just kind of lay out what the test is like in America? Yeah. So I would imagine, like most places, it's it, the thing with the United States is that every state kind of has their own laws and things going on. So I can only really speak from my experience in Pennsylvania. So when you turn about 15, 16, you can then get your permit. And that's where you take, you take all the tests that are like learning the road and what the signs mean and what the lights mean and how far you need to be from cars. And so you, you learn the details and you study the details and you first take that test on a, um, you know, like on a computer. Right. Uh, And then once you take your permit test and you pass that, then you can have that for a certain amount of time. I can't recall Actually, I probably should have like looked into this before, that, but you have to have it for at least, I would imagine, three to six months. And then you can take your driver's license test. So they have kind of like the theory, right? I would I would imagine that's the theory test. Yeah. Now, you don't I believe that this different here is that you don't, at least in Pennsylvania, you don't have to like actually go to a school and get hours or anything like that. So all I really had to do was take my 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 permit test, which is the theory. And then shortly after, get some hours practice, you know, get behind a wheel and then take my actual driving's license. So that's how it works specifically in Pennsylvania. Right. And when you said get some hours practice, because over here, uh, it's generally yeah. done with a, a specific school, but it doesn't have to be. You can go and learn with mum and dad or whatever. What's the process of it there? Is it more sort of parenting or is it more school wise or? No school. Like when I say get some hours, it's just I don't think that you could pass the test without practicing. 
So, um, and we'll get more into kind of what I think might be best practices, at least uh, what worked best for me. But yeah, just getting getting used to the road, right? Because you've got streets and you've got stop signs, but then you've got like the freeway. Um, and I think on the lot on another podcast, you said that you went on. You're a little scared of the freeway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a little, a so, lot. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's where you could do 80 miles per hour and then you've got to merge and like, so it can be a little overwhelming. So I like, you know, obviously getting on the road and practicing that with people, you know, who have experienced it. And then just moving on to the actual test itself. What does the, yeah. the, the test to get you, is it called a permit driver's permit? Yeah. yeah. Driver permit. What's, what does that test entail? It is literally like, like, all right, when you decide you, you want to go finally get your permit. Um, and some people are a little late to the, the party. And it also depends on your parents. Um, not everyone can afford to have a car. So some kids do it later. Like I didn't get my license till I was 21. So, um, but I did have my permit. So you go and you get, you go to like the, the license center, you get a booklet. And in the back of the booklet is where you can kind of fill out to then take your I guess your, your permit test. So you studied the booklet. The booklet has everything of the Pennsylvania, because again, every state is different. So the Pennsylvania signs, the Pennsylvania laws and rules and all that stuff. So you first study, once you feel that you're ready, you take the test. So what I generally would probably recommend is like, don't be too attached to passing. I think more so, because I think what you're gonna learn is you're gonna gain so much more experience from taking the time to study, understanding what you have to study, but you don't really know what to expect unless you've taken the test. So I actually failed my first test. Um, but taking that test allowed me to see how the test kind of went, the type of questions were asked. Um, and I believe they give you specific, like what questions will kind of be on there and practices. So you can actually go to a school and, and, and get a tutor and get someone to study, but it's also super easy to just depends on how diligent and disciplined you are to do it on your own. Um, yeah, so that's the beginning bits of the permit. It's just you basically get a booklet, self-study. You could get a tutor if you wanted. And then when you feel you're ready, you you book in a uh, time to take the test. And then you have to go into uh, the DMV in order to do that. And it's basically a computer test. You hit old school computers, you sit, and they might have changed. I don't know, this is quite some time ago. Um, and yeah, you just take the test and everything is completely online. Um, and you said it was 20, you were 21 when you passed. Yeah, so I've I had my permit for a while, um, and then I ran into I ran into a bit of an issue <laughs> while driving with my permit. I don't know if we get into driving stories specifically, but um, yeah, it was just I was in college. I didn't I couldn't have a car my first year, so it was really kind of pointless. But then I kind of got tired of not being able to be responsible for where I could go. Like you know, when you don't have a car, you've got to ask everyone else. So. I got to the point where I was like my after my first year of college I was like all right and then I kind of organized everything on my own but by then I was practicing so once you have your permit in the U.S. or at least in Pennsylvania you can then go and practice with somebody who has a license yeah. it doesn't matter who there's no specific person as long as they have a license you can practice so I took the opportunity to get hours with different types of people and then I found who I worked better with uh, so that's probably something I'd really recommend in terms of like some people will make you feel nervous on the road. And if they make you feel nervous, then probably not a good idea to practice with them, right? So I first started in college with my friend and he had a van actually. Um, and we, did, we just would go off and I felt really calm with him. And then I would go back home and I'd practice with my dad and he's just, 
super soto, right? So he's super like, no, do this and that. And <laughs> he would actually make me nervous. So I did much better with certain types of people. So I think that that's a key too when you're practicing, like who can make you feel calm and relaxed? Who doesn't like yell at you? Because I think it's important to be calm. Not saying you don't practice with those other people, but find a variety um, because you will be in a bunch of different situations when you're driving. And the person that can articulate all the little nuances, right? Because at this point, me and you know how to do it. It's just things become second nature, like brushing your teeth. But at, like when you're doing it at first, and I don't drive sticks, so that's a whole nother <laughs> story, right? Or most cars are automatic in the US. You can get manual, but most of them are automatic. So that makes things a lot easier. But there's still the turning, the braking, how gentle some cars are a little more sensitive, right? So you gauge that depending on the car you're driving. So I actually think it's really nice to drive a few different cars to decide what car you might want to take a test in. A brand new car, it might be like the gas might just go, right? The brake might just go. Whereas an older car um, might not be as sensitive, but then, you know, the steering wheel might be a little sticky. So I would also recommend, because I, I drove a van and then I drove my dad's car and then I drove my mom's car um, and ended up taking the test in my dad's car because um, that's the car that I was most comfortable with. So definitely that's something else I recommend is like test a few cars out and see where you feel comfortable because then if you feel comfortable and you can feel the car and you know what to expect, then that's probably going to make you feel a lot more comfortable when you have someone right next to you testing. I think that's, that's key because... Um... I know recently I had uh, or someone crash into the back of my car, so I got a replacement for a couple of weeks, and the students that embraced that tend to do better. They, they looked at it like, oh, great, I get to see what this this other car is like to drive. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they might have struggled a little bit at first, but then they embraced it and, and come away with positivity. Mm-hmm. But there were one or two that, that was nervous or worried or didn't want to do it, and they found it harder because it – there's a different mentality going into it rather than, yeah, let's see what I can achieve here as opposed to, yeah. oh, no, everything's going against me. Yeah, and I think it's that that mentality of like, oh, I failed. Well, you didn't fail. You're learning something new and you might just take a little more practice and especially if you're nervous, right? So, and that's the thing, like the more that you get behind the road with somebody, the more comfortable you'll get on. Like, it's just like anything else, the 10,000 hour rule, right? Um, so I think it becomes a little nerve wracking when, then like let's say you've been on the road for a while and then you go into a whole other country so that's a different story right because then you've got to learn to be on the opposite side of the road and learn the country's own like signs and mechanisms like we don't really have roundabouts in the u.s we have u-turns so you have specific areas that take you all the way around versus you know do i go do they go i don't know i can't wait to try that but um that's future days maybe i'll come back on once i've been driving in the uk a bit um i also want to mention uh you mentioned driving stick just to clarify for anyone that doesn't know that's uh, driving manual oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, but you said you took your test in your dad's car yeah um and how long is the test in america or in pennsylvania yeah so literally it's so super easy The, the hardest thing i think about taking tests is just the parallel parking um but uh and that's the thing you probably spend the most amount of time practicing uh and and generally you can go to the dmv and that's where you would go to take the test and and they've got cones and so i think you have a chance to go like back up back any more than that and you like fail that aspect of it but they just take you around the block really so they don't take you on a motorway they don't take you like down like they just want to see how you interact with stop signs stop lights signal you're turning you have to remember to, um, you know, put your seatbelt on and ask them to put their seatbelt on. 
adjust your mirrors accordingly. Um, check like so both the mirror and you know your back mirror. What would they call that specifically? Uh, rear like, rear view mirror. Yeah. And then your obviously your side mirrors to make sure that they're um, they're positioned for you because you're driving. No, you you bring the car that you're driving. So and they get in your car. Cool. Uh, it's interesting you say that because there's a couple of differences there straight away. I mean, I know there's going to be people listening to this and now cursing that they don't have a test like that, but <laughs> just getting in the yeah. car, you talk about setting up your mirrors. I've really, they're not bothered mm-hmm. about that because you've driven yeah. the car there. So yeah, they, yeah. they know it's going to be set up for you. Um, yeah. And like you said, interacting with the, the, the stop signs and the junctions, I think over here it's more based around handling the traffic. So mm-hmm. just going off what you've said there, I think that's, that's uh that's quite interesting. And you said that you, sorry, did you pass second time? Um, I failed my permit right. more than once. And then, um, no, I failed my permit once. Or did I fail it twice? I might've taken it once or twice, but my, my driver's license, I had already been driving quite a bit actually. So I, I felt quite confident. I one go for me on the driving test. Cool. Uh, and obviously we, we said about driving on a different side of road over mm-hmm. here. Uh, I've been to America once. I went on a, a honeymoon a few years back and uh, yeah, I did not handle that well at all. I yeah. my, my brain just would not c- compute being on the wrong side of the road. Um, the only time it went anything like well, well, no, initially it went anything like well, when I found the one roundabout I come across in America, uh, it was in Florida. <laughs> And even that, I tried to go the wrong way around, so it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't go well. But my wife picked up like an absolute natural. She drove yeah. better in the states than she does over here. So you know, when I lived in Hong Kong, they drive on the same side that you guys drive in. And part of my part of what I needed to do was drive a van with weight in it. And um, I think what helped me like take like pick that up a lot quicker was, uh, or at least more quickly whichever one's correct, um, is that uh, I followed someone. So when I first started, I was following people and, and or at least I was in the car with somebody, so they were helping me. Right. Uh, and then after a while, when you're just doing the same thing every day, you just get used to it. So again, it's just putting in the practice and work. But if you're also nervous, like the idea is just communicate that, right? Yeah. Like uh, I would definitely want someone in the car with me uh, directing me if, if I've not driven, like, like I would probably want that in the UK where, where my wife, I'd want her in the car with me, walking me through, where do I need to go? Don't tell me last minute, tell me where I need to go. Like before I get there. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, the other thing I'm keen to ask you about in particular Mm -hmm. on on this show, because you're a coach, you're someone that Mm -hmm. works with people, helps them with a fitness and with mindset and helps them build the businesses, all that that kind of awesome stuff. So I'm particularly in, in, intrigued to get your advice on, on on what tips you would give people around the driving test in terms of handling nerves uh, and mm-hmm. building up your confidence, that side of it. Okay. So first things first is you're going to feel nervous, uh, but also here, and this is something I told a client this weekend, nervousness and excitement are the same feelings in the body. So if you reframe it and be like, I'm actually excited, right? Because if you, we don't normally have a positive outlook on I'm nervous, right? You're just like, oh, I'm nervous. Like, no, I'm going to fuck up. Uh, excuse me. It was, I hope cursing's okay. I'm going to mess up. Um, whereas if you're excited, you're still feeling the same feels, but it's more on the positive note. So I think we should reframe how we, this is new. 
you know, I'm not going to be super great at it until I start doing it, um, but I'm excited to learn, right? Because if you can take it and shift it that way, then it's not going to be, I'm going to mess up. It's going to be like, I'm excited to learn. Always position it in terms of being a learner because a learner always improves. The second thing after reframing being ex- like from nervous to excited is to take, and depending on really how nervous you are, like maybe three, three big deep breaths, right? Not so much focusing on the in, take a, a big deep breath in where you're filling your belly with air. So a diaphragmatic breath, but focus on a nice and controlled out. This is going to allow you to tap into your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the, the rest relax, right? And that calms you, right? So if you're really kind of anxious or you've got these exciting feelings going on, taking some breaths to like calm yourself down. Like there's just, you know, there's a reason why breathing is up and coming in terms of like there's breathing coaches now. There's all sorts of things going on around breathing is because most people actually don't know how to breathe. And then they're all nervous, so they're breathing fast. And all you're doing is kicking up the sympathetic nervous system, which is like fight, flight, you know, freeze. So controlling the breath, taking nice deep breaths, and then focusing on a nice slow out is going to calm you naturally. Maybe also if you want some lavender, throw some lavender in the mix to keep you like zen. Uh, And then honestly, practice, 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 practice with someone who's going to allow you to feel calm behind the wheel and um, and even practice with somebody who doesn't make you feel calm, right? Because at least you know that person, right? So get a bit of both, get the calm person, get the, get the person that makes you feel a little bit nervous because when you get in with a teacher or like someone who's going to be testing you, you're probably going to feel those, those bubble guts, you know, those exciting nervous feels. And so if you're practicing with somebody who's, you know, maybe going to call you out or like, at least it's kind of training you. And now you're practicing feeling all sorts of different positions. But at the end of the day, it's like the more that you get behind the wheel, the more confident you're going to be. Um, and the more that you know the tools behind reframing and then breathing, the calmer you're going to be in that situation as well. Yeah, I think you've said some really key things there. I think that the breathing one is massive for me because I'm not by any stretch some sort of breathing expert. But right from day one as an instructor, that's what I'll say because on your test, you'll, you'll let out, the examiner will pull you up at side of the road, then they'll say drive on. And I see people immediately sort of go to drive and I'm like, no, no, take your feet away, take your hands off a wheel, take a couple of breaths. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go because they've said so. Just get some air in you and, and, and calm down and loosen up your shoulders a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's key. And the other one you mentioned, well, you said a few, but um, about the practice, I think people underestimate the the relevance of practice. So I know cost comes into it a little bit, but whether you're practicing with your parents or your friends or an instructor or whatever, the more time you can get behind the wheel, even if it's just the experience and seeing different situations on the road, that's going to build your confidence up anyway. So you go for it, you're more prepared. Yeah. Um, And then the thing is, is I practice a lot with friends. They just made me feel better. Um, and I think that that goes a long way. Now, practicing with dad's great, but he's also very like critical. So, <laughs> so I guess it was like putting test, but literally because I had been on the road so much practicing, like by the time I got to my test, I felt really calm. You know what I mean? Also, I don't, I, I guess it could be a little nervous if, if to be honest, if I did fail and, and it's six months later, but like, honestly, then practice more before you take your test. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know what the the rules are in terms of when you book and when the test is, but make sure you've gotten like you're practicing every other day or, you know, like a few times a week where it's not uncomfortable for you to get behind the wheel because after you get your test, then 
you've got that card that says you can be on the road without anybody there. And then that's really when you're going to be tested is when you're on the road by yourself. So um, getting behind the wheel as much as you possibly can before you have your test is going to be massive. Uh, learning to just calm yourself, like nervous drivers don't make great drivers, in my opinion. <laughs> I think they actually make worse drivers, right? So yep. they're, they're almost a little, just as scary as the obnoxious driver. Um, whereas if you could just take your time, be calm, like you're going to, you're going to think a lot more clear in this, in any situation. No, I, I will, again, I would agree completely with that. I think that, I, I think that almost taking a driving test can be easier than after that. You know, the, at least with a driving test, you've got an examiner there who, if you're about to do something ridiculously stupid, like pull out in front of a truck, they could grab the wheel or say stop or whatever. But when you're out by yourself at first time, it's all on you. You know, there's no mm-hmm. safety net there. So I think, like you said, you shouldn't... There's always going to be a hint of nerves. Always. We can't avoid mm-hmm. that. But no. once you've passed your test, you should be confident and you should be capable. So, yeah, I think some more more wise words there. Um, I also want to jump forward a little bit and I want to ask about your experience driving. So I'd be interested to know if you've got any interesting driving stories or some <laughs> of the things that you dislike that you say on the road, your pet peeves. Um, I do, you know, here's, here's something I would, um, pet peeves, that's easy. I just think I just, it, it's irritating when drivers aren't mindful. I've noticed that here. People aren't just mindful. Like, you know, people don't let people in, people don't let people go. Like, I think one of the best things that you could ever be as a driver is just to be super mindful of everyone else around you. Um, if you see that, you know, someone's about to come onto the motorway, then, you know, get into the next lane or speed up or slow down accordingly um, because they've got to get onto the road. So just having that awareness of what's going on, um, you know, is really, really important. Um, Pet peeves on the road, Uh, tailgaters, (laughs) don't be up someone's bum. You know what I mean? Like um, give some space because here's the thing too, is that like if somebody hits you from behind and you're right behind someone, you're going to hit that car. So uh, in the States, technically, if you hit them, that's your your fault. <laughs> yep. So I don't know what the rules are here, but so give some space just in case anything were to happen. Like, I think that's part of the rules anyways in the handbook, but a lot of people seem to forget that. Um, so those are two pet peeves. Just be mindful on the road, you know, most likely, like if you want people to let you in, then you have to kind of be that give and take you know? <laughs> um, and give some space because you just never know what's going to happen. And in terms of driving stories, um, you know, here's here's one. I I, I don't think it'll be helpful. I, I'm not a big sleeper, but I always thought I never understood why people fell asleep behind the wheel. I was like, that will never happen to me. Let me tell you guys that if you are exhausted and you are tired, driving is just this calm like thing, whereas it doesn't like it's happened a few times where it's like it doesn't matter. Like if you feel that you're somebody who would never fall asleep, like don't take that chance. If you're really tired and you've got a long, a long trip or something that, that you somewhere you have to get and it's a bit of a distance, um, just make a smart choice. Like, because you'd be surprised, like one minute you're awake, the next minute you're just veering to the other lane. And um, I just never thought that I would be that type of person to fall asleep behind the wheel. And, and I've actually dozed off a few times. So um, I think it's one of those things where it's just like, you think you won't fall asleep, but if you're really tired, think about how you might want to handle that situation maybe you could set off really early the next day 
or take a bit of a nap beforehand or really get some caffeine and move your body. But um, just a, a like a, a word of warning that like you you could you could end up dozing off um, if you're really tired and you have a, a bit of a drive ahead of you. Yeah. And I'd also say there for me personally, you, I always think that I, I won't fall asleep during this film and then halfway from dozing off. So it's the, the same thing when you're driving that same sort of calmness, you just staring ahead and, and blanking out whether it's a TV screen or whether it's the, the windscreen, you know, and it's that same sort of premise where you don't think you'll fall asleep and you can feel it. Because again, happened to me once many, many years ago, driving, I forget where I was, but driving on a motorway somewhere with my ex and, and all of a sudden she's saying we need to pull over. And I'm like, why? She goes, because you're dozing off. And it's like yeah. pulls over into services. Uh, Lucas had 20 power nap, uh, you know, and back on and, and right. And it's just planning it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. good, good words. Uh, I also want to touch <laughs> back on what you said about being mindful, because I'd be interested on your take on this as someone that's uh, not native to, to England and in particular Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. I find the way people behave in person and the way they behave behind a wheel, especially here in the, the UK, completely different. I always yeah. think if you're if I'm in a queue at the supermarket and someone drops their shopping in front of me, no one shouts at them. No one gives mm-hmm. them grief. No one starts kicking off. But if you're in a queue at car somewhere and someone stalls or someone does something wrong, you've got <laughs> beeping, you've got road rage and all sorts. Oh, yeah. I'm just wondering if you've noticed that difference between the way people drive and the way people act in person. Um, I don't know. See, I haven't driven a lot with different people, but I think it turns you into a little bit of an animal. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like personally speaking, I think I think my wife's a little bit of a road rager <laughs> when it comes to the car. You know what I mean? And and that is the thing. It's just like you know, make and this is the thing: is be mindful in your driving because. Again, you just never know, like if you're trying to beat a light, you know, in the light turns, you know, this is the occurrence that we had. We had just been in an accident a few weeks ago, not too far off from when your accident happened. And we had the filter light, at least that's what we we thought. Um, and we were turning on a filter light, but uh, a van was coming. I think it was like a Royal Mail or parcel van was like trying to beat the light and um, yeah, kind of skimmed our side, which was the best possible situation. Because if it would have just smashed right on, we would have, you know, who knows if we would have had this conversation or not. But um, the thing is, it's just like, you know, where there's no need to rush. I think um, I think in the beginning, you might want to have a little bit of a lead foot. like depending. <laughs> Some people just get excited on the road. Right. But I think the more experience you get on the road, the more you realize that, like, I don't need to rush to get anywhere. I'll get there when I get there. And if and if timing is an issue, guys, like I think my biggest recommended recommendation with timing is that if you've got to get somewhere always uh plan ahead of time so leave a little bit earlier than you think because who knows if you get stuck in traffic if there's an accident and then now you're rushing um so always give yourself a decent amount of time if you're trying to get somewhere special because guess what you can control yourself but you can't control others i'm fairly certain that you've been sat in the back of my car listening to me on lessons because because yeah. you're smartly out what i preach here um no, no. Again, wise words. I think that for me personally, like with driving lessons, I always try and get to them 15 minutes early. That way, if I'm ever late, I'm still on time. Um, yeah. And I think if you can apply that logic whenever you're driving, as you said, it takes the pressure off and it makes for a more pleasant drive. You've got time to to bang some tunes on. Um, exactly. Or a podcast. No, 
but um, I, I really appreciate you joining us uh, today, Josh. Uh, Josh, yes, and sharing your driving test tales. Uh, oh, is there anything you would like to promote, or where can people find you if they would like to get more Jess goodness? Uh, currently, nothing to promote specifically, I guess, to the driving peeps. But if you want a little pos- a dose of positivity uh, and good vibes, you can find me on uh, Facebook at Jasenia and Soto. And then on Instagram, I am Jasenia and Soto. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will put those links in the show notes. And anyone that's listening, Perfect. yes. Yes, go friend and follow. And uh, Jess knows I'm a massive fan of her positivity and good vibes. It's like a little a little ray of sunshine on a morning to to, to brighten I up try. the day. <laughs> I try. I try. You succeed, not try. You succeed. Oh, that's good. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. And again, thank you for joining us today to share your driving test tales. For sure. My pleasure. And thank you guys for listening. It's uh, great that you continue to join us today as this podcast goes from strength to strength. As we said at the beginning of the show, make sure you go and click subscribe or like or follow. If you're feeling extra generous, leave us a nice little five-star review and maybe, just maybe, share it on social media and tell your friends. So remember, stay safe and drive safer. Driving Test Tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test.